0: he does is catch the football that's that is beautiful that's why i came to west virginia man ding dong the witch is dead in arizona is a
1: totally energized heinz field the power of the renegade song
0: the backyard brawl man against pitt look at that oh
1: there's ron wolfley wow they came after donovan McNabb. Went after them. They played to win the game. Everybody's going bonkers, even the referees.
0: Oh, those, those look like some sticky gloves right there. We talk about 50-50. Right now it's 50-50. Who's going to get it? Game. came with cover zero. Man across the board. Pick up a flag because,
1: hey, and then with the Renegade song, even flags don't
0: count. They're going to get an Italian army behind them right there, just like Franco Harris. My goodness, that is pure guts. Give me a pepperoni roll, man. Hello and welcome to the three wolves of football. The boys from Orchard Park, New York. This is episode two. Deuce. And we are so happy because we weren't sure anyone was going to let us come back this week because we just didn't know if we were going to suck or not. So. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, we had enough good reviews to say, come on back. Brothers, how are we doing tonight?
2: Well, I'm doing fine, as you can see right now. Um, I'm sorry. Once again, I thought we were doing this uh, uh, an hour later, as a matter of fact. But we're doing it right now. Suddenly, I had Stephanie walk in and say, hey, by the way, isn't this the time you guys do your podcast? And I said, no, we do it an hour later. What are you doing? And now, all of a sudden, here we are. And I can tell you, I didn't have time to worry about my hair. I do have hair. I do have hat, but, you know, I mean, uh, I had to actually put this hat on. I look like a monk.
0: <laughs> oh, that's probably because you lost 18 pounds.
1: Uh, that could be. Notice the streamlined jaws on him. On the other hand, I've gained 18, I think. You know, that whole COVID thing, I got to tell you something. I didn't do well in that. You know, no. I mean, some people, they, they quarantined. I quarantined 30, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well,
0: Very good, and. I will say, you are the
1: worst. Some oh, I happen. know. I found out I found out one thing, one factoid, okay? Moi, I should never be left alone with a fully stocked refrigerator. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's amazing.
0: As I was saying, some things haven't changed since last week. You are still toothless. Yes. Uh, you're still missing a tooth. Although, tell the story. I got a flipper,
1: all right? The flipper is a stunt tooth, okay? You put that thing in. But the problem is it comes with, you know, like a bridge and everything else. You got to put it in there. And it's like I talk with a lisp, or I can't hardly talk at all, right? So, so I'm sitting there going, I don't need this. I don't want this, okay? And they're going, but you look better. I go, I'm on radio. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness,
2: that's great, Craig. I'm glad you take it out for this because it just feels so
1: far. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. You know, my bride, Faith, she promised to love me forever, so we hold her to that. There you Amen. go. Amen.
0: It, I do believe you are one blessed man. Even
1: <laughs> even if her sight and yeah, her sight lines are not real good,
0: <laughs> we'll all agree to that. You know, as we get to move on to the first subject of the three wolves for this evening the second episode and this episode has to be set up because we were going to do the mulligan you know it's usually at the end of the show but right away as we change things on the three wolves because you just never know what's gonna happen and something happened this week that was just too good we got to put it at the top of the show and you know a couple of things are involved in this but you know pony boy i need you to tell everybody about your Broadcasting partner because he's got a special name that you give him. Dave Pash. But what For is it. the special name? I mean, he's he he goes ahead and broadcasts with Bill Walton. He's all over ESPN. He's he's just a top of the line.
2: Well, let me just say it first of all, Dave Pash. I call him David, of course. Um, David is simply the best broadcaster I've ever been around. The guy is wildly talented. There, that that's an understatement right there. Um, I call him Il. Bahado. Well, bahado, which of course means the bird, because that's what he looks like. He looks like a bird. Caw, caw. He looks like a bird, but um, boy, is he talented. Well, so, I, w- why did you ask me that? Is well, I wanted
0: to ask you because I wanted to actually give people a history of what you do and your broadcast and where you are. Obviously, you know, you broadcast the color. For the Arizona Cardinals, as Craig yes. do for the Steelers, and so the thing is this: the rules were it was going to be a mulligan from the week before in the show. I've taken it that if you do anything silly or ridiculous, or you want it back from the week before, it does not have to be on the show. The rules have changed. Do you want to take it back or double down? Uh,
2: are you asking
1: me?
0: I, I am. You are the okay. winner. That's why I had the whole setup with.
1: What that. he's doing is he's telling you you're the stupid brother of the week. Okay?
2: <laughs> I, I I'd like to go ahead and double down, man. I mean, okay, I you're have
0: gonna no like show it, and uh, you're not going to get an opportunity. So I've already actually named the show for what it is tonight. It is the high five that oh. drive Yes, you know what's coming. Oh, <laughs> oh no, you, boy and Dave Pash in the radio booth. (laughs) What is this? You you can't be an athlete.
2: Look, I'm telling you right now, first of all, we high-fived with our right hand at first, and it almost blew out Dave's shoulder. (laughs) It blew (laughs) out his shoulder high-fiving me, right? So like, all of a sudden the producer said, hey, do it again so I can get that. Do it again so I can get that. So we kind of faked that that high five and we had to do the left shoulder because David almost blew out his right because he's the bird, man. That's something Il Baharo does. <laughs>
1: Well, here's the thing. If I just saw that video without, you know, any perspective from you on what was going on, I thought an unruly fan climbed into the booth and you were putting him in an arm lock and (laughs) taking him down. You know what I mean? There you go. If you freeze that, man, if you
2: go ahead and look at that thing closer to and you freeze that at the point of contact. David is looking down like this. What are you doing, David?
1: I thought you were putting him to the ground.
0: (laughs) Let's let's be honest here. When's the last time that Pash man padded up, yeah. <laughs> or did he torn up? I don't what? I don't care I don't care what what he was any event. When's the last time he got on an event and, and went out there and put himself <laughs> on the line? Was in, in athletics?
2: That's right. You know what? That's what I'm talking about, David. Right there. You might be Mr. Articulate. You might be really really good with your vocab. You might be really good. Your voice is great, Mr. Perfect. But you know what? When's the last time you moited a jock, David? <laughs> oh,
1: wow.
0: All right. Wow. Oh, let me see. Terry, uh, do you have anything you want to add to that? This is your opportunity.
1: When we start talking about jock straps, no, I'd rather not join in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's because we're going to picture you in a sumo outfit. That's oh, I mean. my, oh we my heaven. Go there. No, we oh, don't, don't want to go there.
0: We won't have to. Yeah, we won't have to picture because it will be coming sooner or later. Oh, I can tell you, right, you.
2: Soda Pop. At some point, we're showing that picture. That's
0: I right.
1: remember. I remember seeing Hoopy's face when I took my sweatsuit off, and I'm standing there lot. in a big oversized diaper. Let me tell you something, man. That was just. It was. It was not cool. It was not cool.
0: It yeah, was a little cool. A cool. little <laughs> <so laughs> breezy. I'll tell you what was cool though, because that was at the the Playboy Mansion Hotel. And there's all these little bunnies running around with the ears and stuff. So I oh, mean, yeah.
2: you were riding up and down the elevator, weren't you? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I was young. I was very young, very young. I was, I was chasing around. Okay, moving along now quickly. Uh, we have to get to this because the Bills played Monday night, forty-one to seven. They just put an absolute thrashing on the Tennessee Titans. And so the question is this, and all the the pundits are are saying, hey, are they the best duel? When I say the best duel, I'm talking Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. So if all the pundits are saying, it, I want to know what these two pundits in front of me are, are thinking about, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. You see, that's a 47-yarder. He's going to throw it up. You know, take it from here. Derry. go ahead. You're first. Well, you thing that
1: you love right off the fact is, you know, you got a little play-action fake. And then you got Stefan Diggs just outrunning everybody to the end zone. What a perfect pass from Josh Allen. You know, it's amazing. When you see a guy that's so in tune with his quarterback, and that quarterback can hit him 40, 50 yards down the field and hit him on the fly, it's just amazing. And I think it's even more amazing when you consider that, the, you know, Josh Allen is capable of covering that distance with his feet as well as his arm. You know what's
2: incredible about that as well? Um... That's the post dig right there. The post in the dig route, the deep in route coming underneath it. Look at Josh Allen and the way he looked that safety off. And he froze that safety in the middle of the field right there. And you've got Stefan Diggs coming over the top. That dig route coming in, ironically enough, no pun intended. Look at Josh Allen, totally looking it off. And then there's the post over the top with that safety biting man. That was huge right there. And once again, this is why I love the Buffalo Bills. This is why I think the Buffalo Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl contender, if not the Super Bowl favorite right now. It's because offensively, they can be whatever they need to be to beat you. They can be whatever they need. Oh, you you want to get in a dogfight? You want to get in a brawl? Because your your front seven is not good. It's not very physical. Hey, the Buffalo Bills can line up and attack the line of scrimmage as well as anybody in the National Football League now. They proved that last year, as a matter of fact. They proved that they could morph. And that's what they did. Their offense morphed into a more power scheme Last half of last season. And right now they can do that. If you want to get in a brawl, they can do that. If you have a secondary that is weak, they'll spread you out and throw the ball. They can do whatever they need to do to beat you. And that, guys, I got to tell you, that is the magic of Coach Belichick. That is Bill Belichick and his philosophy as well. We need to have a team that is capable of being whatever we need to be to beat you.
1: You know, I just chime in. I just wanted to chime in right at the end and, and ask. You know, I wonder if he audible that the line of scrimmage when he sees his safeties, right? And he called blue cheese. I mean, there, blue cheese. What a great audible! I Why blue would be cheese? Nice. What's that? <laughs> blue cheese. You're saying that's what he called, right? You're not. No, calling I'm just saying. It I blue. wondered if he did because it's it was known that he made one of the audibles that he yelled out was a blue cheese.
0: I love <laughs> that. You know. Well, we know you do it, but the only problem is we're trying to save your other teeth right now. So if you were following the past week, you would know that the reason why Craig has a tooth missing is because a chicken wing took it out. So uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to make sure you maintain your other teeth, at least until you get this one fixed. Which soda
2: pop, too, we, we have to touch on this right now. Anyone that is out there and you love wings, first of all, they're, they're buffalo wings and they're served one way. Okay, there is no barbecue stuff. There, is, There is no teriyaki. There's none of this uh, this other kind of... There's, there's a buffalo wing, and a buffalo wing is Frank's hot sauce. That's what it is, period. It's Frank's... There's nothing else added to it. There's nothing else. And oh, by the way, you better be dipping it in
1: blue cheese. If you're a buffalo boy, you better be dipping it in blue cheese. Hey, all I can tell you, fellas, when I got to Syracuse University... I had my first physical, and the doctor told me that my blood was forty percent chicken fat.
0: <laughs> okay, well, listen. Well, we're at going least down. your coach. At least your coach didn't say you were forty percent chicken. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Moving back to the Bills now, because I love the way you guys talk so much because you give me time to set up the next the next plays. All right. <laughs> oh, so, good. Well, thank you for being long winded. I, I really appreciate it. But there's the Bills' run game. OK, The run game. We all know about their defense and Von Miller and the sacks that they have, the pressure and, and what they can do. But does the run game make take the bills? You, you touched on this a little bit earlier, Pony boy. Does it go ahead and bolt them to the next level to the Super Bowl, possibly?
2: Yeah, no, I, this is this is the way I feel about the bills, man. I mean, they can do it any way that they need to do it to beat you. They can line up and they can be physical at the point of attack, and they can hold up. They can put Josh Allen under center, and they can run and attack the line of scrimmage, and then go ahead. Look at this. They have a fullback. I mean, all that is is toss. That is one of the earliest plays they ever drew up in the book. And, you know, they put it in an eye, the offset eye, whatever it may be. This is what the Bills can be. Look at him. He's under center. Um, under center. Blend the old with the new. This is the this is the NFL today blending the old with the new shotgun spread. They can do it all,
1: no question about it. I love the in, in our vernacular back in the day that was a toss twenty eight uh, crack. You know, I'm sorry, tw- twenty nine crack, and you got to seal that inside. But when the tackle leads around, he gets out there, and you see him eyeball in that corner because the support comes up, and that it's a beautiful thing. I mean. Like a rampaging rhino, he runs over that corner. And you know what I love about it? This is old school. What did he do? He gored him after he knocked him down. That's the purview of an offensive lineman. That's the way to go down the field. You get that block, you knock him down, then you gore him. A good goring is great family fun. We've all, Craig. Craig, you're 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 just so violent,
2: Craig. You're just so. Oh my goodness, I. Look what at first you first
1: attracted us to this game, fellas? Yeah, exactly. You're,
2: you're terrifying mothers right now, Craig, right? I just... <laughs> and not just with the Toothless grid. Even though, <laughs> yes, with the Toothless grid, even though I will tell you right now, and I'll move up really close so you can see this, that's football. Oh, yeah. And if you
0: don't like it, get out. Yeah. There you exactly. go. Exactly. And we're going to be talking about rivalries tonight or a little bit later in the show, but let me move on here, okay, because this right here is a question for the both of you, but I got to hear this from you, Pony Boy, because it's so close to personal to you. Is the fullback position back in the NFL?
2: Yes, it it truly is, because coming into this season, as a matter of fact, I believe, Soda Pop, uh, there were 22. I counted 22 fullbacks on rosters of 32 teams that actually was up from 17 a year ago so you tell me how that is trending right now I think people are realizing I really do I think the brightest minds in the NFL are realizing there's got to be a blend there's got to be a combination I say it all the time but Craig I'd be very interested to get your take on this there's got to be a blend of these these new elements of course that are that are profound and and explosive there's got to be a blend of that and the ability to line up and still play the game of football after all once again why wouldn't you want to be whatever you needed to be to beat the defense in front of
1: you well that's the whole thing you know a lot of people are sitting out there and saying what's our identity your identity is whatever they call in the huddle all right, that's it. That, I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, you get the job done in whatever shape, way, form, manner that you need to do. And if that's running the ball or if that's passing the ball, if that is with, a you know, an eye formation, you got lead back and you got something going on there. Or the fact of the matter is, if it's, uh, you know, you get the quarterback runs with the ball like Josh does, you know, when he gets gets Gail Levant about there with some of the, the, the predetermined runs that he runs. Um, that's what you do, you know, and you, you've got these, these, what, these, uh, air raid uh, offenses and stuff like that. I, I don't even know how the guys can up front can handle it. Cause I used to like to get a little air in between the plays, you know, you suck a little wind, but you know, I mean, come on, you know, these guys are just going, going, going. It's rather amazing. But at the same time, there's times when it's not clicking, it bogs down. You better have the ability to get some four wheel drive and be able to run the ball, especially When you get to, like, Northeast December football, that's when the problem can really show up. If you are a dome team, if you're one of those uh, Southern teams and you got to end up doing a little December Northeast football,
0: you got some problems if you can't run the ball. You know, what I really love about this, and I think you both talk about it so good and, and, and you know it so well, but it is a blend. It is taking the old... Well, I would say taking the new and then reverting back to some old and giving because you know what it really drives me nuts when it's fourth and inches and I see the quarterback in a shotgun. Oh shotgun and a hand the ball up. So you I mean I'd say listen, just get up there, what a quarterback, <laughs> stick, take the fullback, run the dive, do whatever. You know, back in your day, Craig, it would be a trap. It would be an old three-technique trap, right, Uh, with a guard going across. Whatever you have to do, get up there and smash it. And I'm going to tell you one more pet peeve that I have, and then I'm going to let this go. But but it's this, third and short, fourth and short. Mike Jacobs, we went to 11-0s with the WVU, West Virginia University, with him as the offensive coordinator, him as my offensive line coach. He would say, you know what, third down and short, fourth down and short, Major Harris, you get up there and you go on first sound. You go on first sound. You get up. You're not only in your stance for a short, brief of time. You identify. and first sound, you go to get off the ball. How many legal procedures do we see at critical down situations? How many guys jump off because they got some motion going across on fourth in inches? Listen, I got inches. I want you to go be a man and go give me those those inches on the football field. Okay, like oh, I got a motion across.
2: Jeepers.
0: And, and then go ahead.
2: Boy, you are fired up about this, Soda Pop. Got a rant. Get a some rant. guy up there. Okay, here we go. Brown 80. <laughs>
1: Brown 80. I, okay. You know, here's the if problem, problem with up. the first sound. No, no. Here's the problem with the first sound. We'd play the Raiders. I used to have a, a pretty good running battle all the time with Matt Millen, you know, who was just a. Great oh. Penn Stater and a great Oakland Raider and so forth. So he, he we you know, run to the line scrimmage. You, you get your two-point stances. you wait for the first sound. Also, just before the quarterback comes up, before Bradshaw comes up, I hear Mac going, hey, hey, Wolfie boy, you're looking a little tense going on the first sound, are you?
0: <laughs> well, that's what you got to try to disguise, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wasn't a good actor there. was amazing
2: about that is how many defensive linemen would look at the weight that you had on your hand in your three-point stance how many defensive linemen used to do that he's heavy he's heavy right i mean you could just see it when the blood was being pushed out of your fingertip he's heavy here it comes
0: that's so funny from you pony boy because every stance of yours was heavy you were your nose is like two inches off the ground <laughs> leading forward. You're the leading tower of Pisa before you even started out. That's because I had one chance and one
2: chance only. And that was to get on the guy. I was going to hammer as quick as I possibly could and surprise him. Otherwise it was going to be tough at the point of attack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good. Okay. So making this transition from the bills, we got things to talk about. We got, Got rivalries to talk about. We got the Steelers. We got the Cards. A little bit of WVU, and Virginia Tech coming up. But before that, we got to tell a story. And and, and uh Derry, I want you to talk about you know brother Tunch. Uh, he, he passed away recently. Oh yes, yeah, and the Cleveland
1: uh, story because we got Cleveland coming up. Yes, that's our brother Tunchilkin, who yes. you know we were both drafted together back in 1980. Uh As I always reminded Tunch, I was a fifth round draft pick. He was just a sixth round draft pick. You know, but Regardless, you know the fact was his—he got cut his rookie year, so he comes back the second year after they brought him back his rookie year after about six weeks. But in, in training camp, he developed this problem of acid flowing into his stomach. I mean, it was really bad, really gnarly, right? So about halfway through practice, all of a sudden you hear this, mm, mm, and you and you knew that Tunch was about to fire a hose. All right, if this wasn't when he threw up, it wasn't like a little. This was like, man, it was a hose, okay? So you knew, just get out of the way, okay? So we go to Cleveland back in the day. In preseason, we played the Browns and twice during the regular season. So we, Tunch and I get in. I go in for Sam Davis at left guard. Tunch goes in at center for the legend Mike Webster, right? So we're in the huddle, and Cliff Stout calls a toss 33 trap. Now, that's me and Tunch double teaming on the nose guard. Now, the nose guard is sitting right on Tunch's nose. He's about three inches off of Tunch's nose, right? So what uh, he calls to play the three-trap. We go to the line of scrimmage. I hear Tunch on the way to the line of scrimmage. He goes, ooh. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is going to percolate here. So I get my two-point stance, right? Stouter comes up. and he goes, blue, 37. Set. You put your hand in the dirt. And all of a sudden, you hear Tunch go, oh. I think to myself. This is about to get interesting. At the snap of the ball, two things happen. Touch snaps the ball backwards to Stouter and then vomits straight in the face of the nose tackle. And I mean, it was chunkage, boys. It was unbelievable. Now, what happens? The dude is about about 6'4", 315 pounds. He just caught a fire hose of uh, sausage and grits and stuff like that. Hit him right in the face. He screams and stands up. That's the best double team we ever had. We took that dude back 10 yards and slammed him. I, I got to tell you, it was so bad. No, nobody's watching uh, that's eating dinner while they're watching this. But the dude, the dude actually had a sausage that was stuck in his face. Man, Come on. I'm telling you, I, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Okay. We go back to the huddle and you know, stouter, right? Cliff stop. Right. Great buddy. All right. He started standing there, he watched the whole thing. He looks at Tunchy, and Tunche's come back, and he's like, "Oh, like this." And he goes, "Tunch, hey, that's pretty good. We gained ten yards on that one." He goes, "How much good did you eat a pregame?" He goes, "Let's run it again." <laughs> that's <laughs> sick. Oh my! Well, it God. was. That's exactly what, what the about. nose jackal you know- said to touch.
2: You know, and I know this for you, Soda Pop, but you know, if that would have hit me, I'd have barfed all over the place myself. That that would have set off a chain reaction.
0: There was no way I would have been done. How, how could you say that when you're the guy that has to put up napkins over your food? because you're worried that like flies at the family gathering, you know, it's kind of like, you know, did you make this mom? Uh, okay. You know, cause I, you know, I'm not sure if you don't know who made the food, you're not going to eat it. And yeah. then, then you have the napkins and the flies out. The, oh, it's no, I, I wouldn't believe yeah.
2: that. You I'm know sure. why I do that? You know why I do that soda? Because I don't want you coming over and leaning over me and talking and spewing all over my food. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that moment when, when Ronnie has a conversation, like with the Jeff Goldblum fly, you know, from the movie, The Fly.
0: You know, when he gets turned into a fly, it's like, hey. <laughs> Bam. All righty. Now, we have some football once again to get back to, and we're going to go ahead with the Arizona Cardinals because Pony Boy. for six quarters, I thought the Cardinals were a little dead this year, and I was kind of really worried about them. Maybe still have, I don't know. But, obviously, Kyler Murray gets going, man. He's, he's a bit of a freak. Oh, there's,
2: there's no doubt about it, Soto Pop. I mean, this play right here. This, this is the two-point conversion right here. He ran 85 yards and got it across in a critical situation, a two-point conversion they had to have in the fourth quarter. And you can see him right here. I mean, this is 4-3. That's what it is. And that's Kyler, and that's what he's capable of doing. Um, Kyler Murray is wildly talented guys. His gifts are incredible. His, his leg talent is special. His arm talent is special. It's kind of like, I think of two, um, two ends of the spectrum, Lamar Jackson on one end guys, and Patrick Mahomes on the other end, those two guys right there. I think Kyler is a blend of those two guys. He's got, he's got incredible arm talent like Pat Mahomes, and he's got the ability to pull the ball down and make plays like Lamar Jackson with his legs. He's a just a nightmare when it comes to the skill set. He's got to continue to improve in terms of his preparation for games. He's got to continue to improve and mature in terms of his leadership. But um, when it comes to his physical abilities, and you know, it takes body, soul, and spirit to play the game of football. And right now, Kyler's maturing in all
0: those areas. Hey, Derry, as an offensive lineman, I think the play was like 28.7 seconds that it took. 28.7 seconds. No, it was 21. Oh, 20, okay, excuse me. Thank you very much for that correction. I already told you about our facts. We can, we can tell, <laughs> a little, it could be a little exaggerated. But what are you thinking as an offensive lineman, Derry?
1: Would you do something, (laughs) please? (laughs) Throw the ball, you know, run the ball in. But please, you know, somebody's got to stop the agony. Me and some dude are going at it, and we're pummeling each other, right? And the quarterback's back there dancing around. He's doing the fandango all by himself. And at some point in time, you know, one of us got to get some relief here, okay? Me or the defensive dude, all right? I mean, that's just the way it is. We were in Houston one time. I'll just give the, give the one. We went in Houston. We went on a 13-minute drive in the second quarter. 13 Ooh. minutes, I tell you. Okay? It was unbelievable. We'd go forward, you know, a few reps and go backwards and get the first down. We get down to the one-yard line, and we we get tackled on the half-yard line, right? The the guy that's playing over because we didn't sub much back then, if you remember. He staggers up, and we look at each other. He looks at me and goes, well, you guys either got to score or fumble, but we got to end this. This is agony. Yeah. <up. laughs> you know, yeah. that's the way it is. And I, I think for all the offensive linemen watching the zip dude dies, he's going back and forth. It would be like, oh, please just score or do something. Yeah. You know, guys, also, I just got to
2: say this because it's so relevant to this game. Um, that was the biggest comeback at the half in franchise history. We're talking really? about. We're talking about 0, 90, and 1. That was the record of the St. Louis Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, when they trailed by 20 or more points at the half. Think about that, okay? They, this was the biggest comeback at the half. It was the biggest comeback of the organization in its history. And Kyla Murray was right in the middle of it. That's the kind of leadership you need, because as you guys know, leaders do first before they say.
0: Hmm. Good point. So I'm going to think before I say this, but I'm going to say probably you experienced quite a few of those, of those over 90 games. <laughs> <that I think. laughs>
2: okay, wait a minute now. You know what, if you're going to do that, just give me the protective cup and let me slide it in first, soda pop. I mean, give me a break. Oh it my goodness. Is,
0: it is. I, I did give you a break, but I gave you a chance with uh pash. All right. So we're gonna move on with Tyler Murray because watching the game, I'm like, yeah, this is huge. This is awesome. Cardinals win. I'm like, Ronnie's gotta be so happy. I flip on my Twitter, and there you are. Hey, you gotta report this. This is terrible. And I'm like, what is going on? And what's happening, man? It's Tyler oh, Murray. Wow.
2: You're talking about that right there, you know, it was very yeah, interesting. No, I I was. I was fired up because that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback, man. You know I mean, that that right there, um I Kyler played it off today. Can I tell you that? It, I, um Kyler I thought took the high road when he talked about this and said, "Hey, you know, because um, he thought, obviously, he did it on purpose. And maybe when you go back and look at it, he was just trying to high five
1: and hit Kyler. In that, the was, face. that was actually my impression. That's the first I've seen of it. But when I looked at it, to me, it looked like the guy was simply trying to basically touch greatness, right? There's that oh, moment, you know, that, that the fan wants to transcend being a fan. And that moment they want to join in. Or that excitement that just occurred right in front of him, so yeah. What are, you, what are you shaking your head for, Soda?
0: Number one, he was in uh raider gear, so that's right. Was he? And number two is maybe he was just trying to imitate you and Pash. <laughs> 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 that was great. It's, listen, once
2: again, I gave you the inside story on that. All right, I mean, it was <laughs> oh, a oh, lot. Very good. And,
0: and guess what? People are listening, or we hope, yeah, they are.
2: Uh, yeah listen. Uh,
0: if we're two weeks in a row without sucking. I, I was just, yeah, right. I was just really,
2: really proud of Kyler Murray once again. He chose to take the high road. And in that situation, boys, you know, um, you That's know, me, leadership. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, but, you know, my mushroom cloud, you know, the temper, when I was his age, uh, they'd have been pulling me out of the stance at that point in time. And I'm I'm embarrassed to say that. Um, but that was my mentality, and yet Kyler, I think, handled it really,
1: really well. Very well, as a matter of fact.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think so. But let's just put this make this clear. Sophomore year at Oklahoma, the Sooners, you were in the stands fighting with the crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just so you remember, Pony. You oh, were in yeah. the stands fighting with some hey. Sooners. Well, they did talk about Hoopie, hey. our mother.
2: Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. No, there was that right there. And I was climbing the fence. Sorry, Don Nayland, but I was, I was climbing the fence. I needed to get my pound of flesh right there. But I can also tell you too, that man, I, I couldn't stand that. I don't know about you, Craig, but for whatever reason, I could not block out fans when fans would say something, I would have to retaliate. I'd have to say something back because of this stupid brain of mine, the temper that I have um you know, all the veterans used to tell me all the time, "Wolf, knock it off, knock it don't even don't engage these people. that's exactly what they want trolls <laughs> that's what they were. there's trolls in every paradigm, and I don't know about you, Craig, uh, if you could ignore them or not, but I I sucked at it.
1: Well, you know, it all depended. You know, I will say this um, in my younger days, it was a little bit harder. As I got older, some of it was kind of funny. I remember being, you know, in the Meadowlands. You know, we're waiting to come out onto the, onto the field, and, and there's this one Giants fan that's going, hey, 73, you're fat! <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so funny, you know? You and I go, looked at him and I go, I go, uh, yeah, I may be fat, but I can lose weight. But you're ugly. There's no hope for you. <laughs> hey, I got it. He, got all, he got all like, well, he didn't <laughs> think I'd say anything. You know, it was just so funny. It was an awkward moment,
2: you know? I got, I got to tell you this story quickly because I thought it was so funny. Um, it was, I believe it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Um, Cliff Kingsbury in his third year, and uh, he came out, and I believe we were in Seattle. And he came out and some fan, you know, you're in the tunnel and you're getting ready to run out. And this is just the humility of Cliff. I I love Cliff because he's really smart and yet he's humble. And that's a rare combination, I think. You both would agree with me on that, to be smart and humble. Um, But Cliff comes out. This fan leads out over the rail and he says, Cliff Kingsbury drinks White Claw. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and, and Cliff, Cliff was looking down and he looked up and he got this big
0: grin on his face Now that was pretty good Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, I know <laughs> back from his former days with Dana Holgerson, them living in the same apartment, he didn't drink White Claw <laughs> <laughs> hey, moving along What's move again, along, I'm- moving I'm- along Frank, this right here uh, Mitch Trubisky. Problems mm-hmm. with the Steelers' offense right after just after week two a victory, wildness, a great uh, overtime victory against the Bengals, and having issues this week. What is going on with arguing, uh, saying he can't throw over the middle because the players are not being called? Uh, you know, uh, Mitch came out today and said that he, he's not really getting a chance to audible. Yeah, got George Pickens saying he was open 90% of the time. What is happening in Steelers' nation?
1: Well, it's real simple. I mean, basically, as I said, people are trying to figure out their roles. They're carving out their their workloads, the things that they're um, able to do. Look, you know, this really came down to the fact that we didn't run the ball ball very well. And here's the thing. Um, When I look at it this way, Mac Mac Jones came into this game with an interesting stat. Okay. The Patriots in the Mac Jones era are 8-0 when they win the battle of turnover. All right. They're 1-1 when they tie. And they're one and eight when they, they lose the battle of turnovers. Well, guess what? The battle of turnovers was two to one in favor of the Patriots. Mac Jones is now nine and zero oh in the battle of turnovers. As far as what's going on with the offense, they're still trying to figure out the running game and get that going. Some of the passing game has not been uh, where you want it. But, you know, here's the thing about it. Um, Things have to be sorted out, and you got a good month or so before you really understand who needs to do what. And these things work themselves out as the offense comes together. No, he's not been thrown over the middle. He threw an interception when he threw one over the middle. All right, he's not thrown the long ball too much. I think you know it's just again the process of putting this thing together. And you know when you lose a TJ Watt, okay, you lose the, the the reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year. So the thing you don't want to do is put too much your defense in bad positions by throwing the ball too long or too much, you know, and they just didn't simply back enough people off. It'll come, it'll come, it takes some time. They've got to figure out how to win without TJ because they were 04 and 1, you know, without him until the, the Patriots game and now they're 05 and 1. You know, so it's a process too of uh, you know learning what they got to do defensively to be able to counteract the loss of the reigning NFL defensive player of the year.
0: Right. Okay. Well, very good. And you know, it doesn't help, but you got Kenny Pickett back there. Who's a hometown favorite uh, preseason and he's going to be good. You just don't know if you really want to let him go as a rookie. Pony boy, you put out a tweet today. Uh, It was about your old coach. uh, Jim had And we just gotta, we just gotta acknowledge it. And I, I know you, uh, I have a story of coach that uh, you want to tell. All right. Uh, Jim
2: Hannafin was the head coach of the then St. Louis Cardinals, of course, in 1985 when I was a rookie. And I have to tell you, absolutely, the love that I have in my heart for this man, just seeing the picture of him, once again, it reminds me of him. I only had him as my head coach for a year. And I can tell you right now, it was just unbelievable. Some of the things that would happen, uh, the, the passion and the love that Jim Hannafin had for the game of football and the physicality of football is second to none. It truly is. And I, I remember my rookie year, we were playing the Washington Redskins at the time. That's what they were called. And we were playing them on Monday night in Washington. And you guys know Monday night, oh, my goodness, that's a long day. That Monday is a long day as you're waiting to play. That's back when they'd start Monday night football at 9 o'clock. Do you remember that? 9 o'clock on the East Coast. And it was a long, long day. And um, Jim Hannafin came up with the idea that we were going to watch Rambo. We were going to show Rambo First Blood. We were going to show that movie during the day to try to eat some time up. You know, you, you couldn't meet all day, obviously. Um, and meals only took so long. So after lunch, he had this this uh, this room, this conference room set up as a theater, basically. And we we watch First Blood. Well, I I went down to get a snack. And as I walked in, um. There was nobody in the room except Jim Hannafin. Jim Hannafin was sitting in the front row of of this conference room. Nobody else was watching the movie but Jim Hannafin, Rambo, First Blood. And I walked in, guys, to get a snack, and Hannafin's sitting in the front. And every time Rambo killed somebody, Hanny went, oh! Around me, he's so into the movie. Wrapped up, Rambo's just waylaying people, and Hanny's dead mother right there. Right, <laughs> so, so, anyways, that night, Jim Hannafin is up in front of the team. This is our pregame speech before we go out onto the field and play the Redskins. And Hanny, Hanny had a, a habit of getting very, very emotional <laughs> when he got up in front of the team, almost like a Dan Campbell, as a matter of fact. And Hanny was up there and he was saying, I want us to go out there and play the greatest game we've ever played tonight. I want us to play like we are the toughest people on the face of the You know you know what I want out there tonight? I want 45 bleepin' Rambos. <laughs> I I the for me, I don't know if anyone else got it because I was the only one in there in that snack room watching Hanny sit in the front row. And he was so into it right there. But that that was Jim Hannafin. He wanted those Rambos on his team. And I
1: loved playing for him. And uh, the Thors... Of- nobody told him that it was a, a fictitious character, right? <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: You know what I want out there tonight? I want forty-five bleeping Rambo's. That was
0: great. That reminds me of the story, Jerry, that you told about going playing Pitt and Tony Dorsett the day before, and watching Rocky in the theaters, and then uh, Pitt going out and, and blowing you guys out the next day because you were you were a Rocky.
1: Yeah, it didn't. You know, um, it didn't really translate <laughs> over to us. <laughs>
0: I think Tony you know, Dorsett 213 yards that game.
1: You know, you know the thing about it was I remember with Tony Dorsett, we held him to what was it like? Uh, I don't know, like minus 25 yards rushing or 15 yards in the first quarter, and then he ran for 250 in the next three.
0: <laughs> hey, it was a good quarter. But, but speak, yeah. can, can you it? feel that, buddy? <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> As I'm leading in here, speaking of good things, I tell you, this is like herding cats. All right, yeah. go. uh, good things in Pittsburgh, Craig, Dairy brother. Man, this is really cool. This is uh, Caliente's Pizza. You know, oh, every time I, I listen to Steelers Radio Network every week, every other commercial is Caliente Pizza with with you. And, and you get up there and you're like, Caliente Pizza at Draft House. It, it's the greatest thing in the world, man. Uh, go ahead. Still, if You come here and we'll go
1: to Calientes, you see the owner there, and uh, you know Nick Boguts, Uh he's there with Ryan Shazier, and he donated quite a sum of money to uh, Ryan Chaziers, but that, that's not the story of this guy. Nick Bogetz, he, he was working like two or three jobs as a teenager to get his own pizza shop going. I mean, this guy here, he brings pizzas down to the light- of-life rescue mission on the north shore right? I mean, it's unbelievable. He's got a great heart. He pours life into other people, and his pizzas are absolutely ridiculously good. I mean, they are really terrific, and he's just been a, a great supporter of a lot of good things here, like Ryan Shazier's Foundation, and of course, Light of Life, and some other things that he does, and I will tell you the secret sauce, too, at the Caliente's, their burgers are outstanding. Oh, baby, yeah. That's where a fat guy goes for fun.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, I think even skinny people go there because it tastes so good. But oh, I yes. when I listen to a Steelers broadcast, all I hear is your voice say, got to go to Gileaday Pizza. And I'm like, I got to go, Kat. let's go. Uh, and so That's right. Perspective at what you, you do, brother, because it makes me very hungry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, like I can say, I know where the best food is. I mean, you know, all you got to oh, yeah. do is, yeah. You, you, you know, I I didn't get this way by eating chips, right? I mean, you know, oh. you, you got to go, baby. By the way, okay. what is the weight right now, Craig? How do you doing? Uh, I'm 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 like a, a biscuit under three hundred.
0: <laughs> well, probably the biscuit is because you're missing a tooth. Yeah, the tooth you probably beat three hundred. Okay, moving along here. Once again, you know, we're going to go ahead and look at this here. This is me with. <laughs> wait is me. Oh wait a minute! Wait
1: a minute! This is- does he look like he's posing? Oh excuse me. Excuse me while I put the pecs up here a little bit. How, how about how about that, Craig? I mean the honestly. Okay, change.
2: we're 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 gonna get
1: a, we're moving along right here. We got something. Else. This is me. <laughs> yeah. And I, well, I'm I'm looking Dale's they there go, This is me, and I'm looking better than ten movie stars. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Enough of right. the picture. The picture is off. And I just put that up there because this is about rivalries. We got we got the Steelers and the Brownies, and you got, of course, the Cardinals and the Rams. Virginia Tech, West Virginia. Pony boy, yeah. talk to me about Virginia Tech, West Virginia, and what it means. Because right now people aren't are getting it because they, they went to the ACC and they kind of separated. It. And I don't think too many people understand the absolute disdain we have for Virginia Oh, yeah. Oh. No no yeah right um, The turkeys
2: <laughs> the gobblers uh, Virginia Tech of course yeah the Hokies um listen uh, I, I have respect in in my heart for their program because back when we played them and we did we played them every year and it was a it was a fist fight man. Um, that's back when they had Jesse Penn. I don't know if you remember Jesse Penn, the outside linebacker. They also had Bruce Smith. Did you, do you happen to recall the name Bruce
0: Smith? Ryan Jolgik does.
2: (laughs) Yes. We're talking about just one of the, one of the greatest football players ever to play the game, uh, defensive end, of course, for the Buffalo Bills, the legendary hall of famer, Bruce Smith. Um, yeah, we had some absolute knockdown dragouts, and I'll never, I'll never forget what it was like to fly into Blacksburg. I don't know if you remember Soda Pop, you played them, right? Yeah. What it was like to get into Blacksburg. It was, it was not easy. And that plane flight coming in, man, you were, boy, you, you were holding onto your butt and grabbing that seatbelt, slapping it on, even though it was a charter, man. Because it might have gotten a little hairy going in there, the wind was really, really bad. Um, but yeah, I, I this is this is fantastic. West Virginia's doing it right once again. Whoever,
0: hey Derry, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about the Steelers Browns because what a rivalry! When you talk rivalries, it's got to be that, and it's got to be the James Harrison going after a fan and giving him a body move from WWE.
1: I remember this move so clearly. I was I was actually probably about eight to ten yards away from that, you know, on the sidelines. I was doing the sidelines for the game, you know, at that point in time. And it was so funny because this guy came caterwauling all the way across the field. You you don't see as it look, you know, James just comes up, but this guy came all the way across the field, and you know how it ticks you off because you wanna you're playing a game. Get the heck off the field, okay? That's, we wanted to, you know, play the game and everything. So, here James comes up, and he gives him a nice little seat belt ride, you know, right to the ground. And the best part about it was, that guy ended up going to jail, okay? But it was Christmas weekend, so there was no judges, so he spent the whole weekend in jail. <laughs> Oops! I didn't quite wow. think this one through. <laughs> Let me wow. see. Christmas weekend, and then maybe... No, no, no! I'm going to have to stay here. What, really, boy? Man, well, you're talking about a bad Christmas.
2: Well, Craig, yeah, I guarantee you right now, it wasn't the gray matter that was thinking; it was the gray goose that was thinking.
1: Yeah, more, more like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was rather amazing. But that's James Harrison, man. You know, he's he's a lot of fun. As matter of fact, he's upper, he's up for, he's up for a possible, you know, the Hall of Fame where they start whittling it down. You know, he's one of those guys. I think he's definitely got to be a hall of famer someday
0: well he sure did hurt the cardinals in the super bowl
2: <laughs> oh yeah you're gonna bring that up right now you're gonna you you got the
0: yeah, unmitigated you get, balls you get, to bring that, that up
2: right now
0: <laughs> all right well listen what is going to happen <laughs> with the, the steelers browns quick i missed that what i was laughing at, at ronnie
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's gonna happen to steelers and brownies oh. Wait, hey, Here's the thing about it. It all comes down to the running game with the Browns. These guys are unbelievable. They possess the ball about 35 minutes, all right, during the game. They've outrushed the Steelers by over 250 yards. This is a team that can, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they can take that ball, and you might not see it till the second half if they get the opening kickoff. I mean, they just keep running the ball and grinding. This is an offensive line I really appreciate because it's a throwback line to the days of yore when trap blocks, when power blocking, the man schemes, walking a guy off the line of scrimmage, throwing a man down, goring him, all those things. This is a very physical offensive line, and the Steelers are going to really have to pay <clears throat> close attention to their technique, their fundamentals, and be able to muster some defense in the absence, absence of, uh, of course, T.J. Watt. And that's going to be problematic. So how they go about it, number one, I got to tell you this, too you got to possess the ball. The best defense is a good offense that keeps their offense off the field. And the Steelers are going to have to do that. But the problem is they've not found, right, the key formula yet for them to be able to execute their offense to their liking. So again, well, on a short week, I know one thing. If you got if you lost in a
0: game like the Steelers lost Sunday, it's nice to have a quick turnaround cuz good stuff with the Steelers and Brownies, but now what do you want? It's it's rivalry now for the Cardinals and the Rams, and unfortunately, you know, with last year's playoff game, the Rams have had the Cards' number, and actually, since 2017, the Rams have outscored the Cards two to one, two to
2: yes. one. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, Soda Pop. This has been the nemesis of Cliff Kingsbury and the Cliff Kingsbury era. Um, the Arizona Cardinals are 1-6 in six if you count the playoff game as well, which we all have to count the last time these two teams met. It was in the playoffs, uh, January of 2022, of course, but it was the 2021 season. And we all know how that ended for the Rams with a Super Bowl championship. Um, they're 1-6 in six in the Cliff Kingsbury era and Kyler Murray era. That's how much the Rams have owned the, the Arizona Cardinals, especially at State Farm Stadium, where they're going to play. The Rams have never lost in the Cliff Kingsbury era, with Sean McVay as their head coach, in, at State Farm Stadium. So um, the, the task is clear for the Arizona Cardinals, and you have to start when you talk about the Rams with what happened last year in the postseason and how – how badly the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray got beat in that game. Um, Kyler looked jittery in the pocket. Uh, The entire team looked nervous, as a matter of fact. They went out and they played that way as well. And there's no doubt about it, the Rams took it to them. Well, it's funny because in the Chiefs game, Dave Pash, Il Pajato, of course, the play-by-play man, for the Arizona Cardinals was making the observation that it, this looked like an extension of 2021. It looked how the Cardinals finished the the season at one and five in 2021, and then lost in the the postseason, as I said, to the Rams. And it looked like an extension of that. Well, the first half of the Raiders game where they were down 20 to nothing, they scored no points in the first half and gave up 20. That looked like the extension of 2021 as well. And then that second half happened and Kyler Murray happened and the defense actually showed up. Uh, There's no expectation for the defense, yet they showed up and they played great and only gave up three points in that second half to the Rams. And it was the combination of Kyler and that defense that allowed them to tie the game up and go into overtime where Byron Murphy picked it up and scored um, and won the game. That second half, guys, felt like 2022. It felt like they had turned the page from 2021. That means they've got to go out and follow it up with a great game against the Rams. And the only way you're going to beat the Rams, especially at State Farm Stadium, the only way you're going to do it is to go out and be more physical than they are. And when you talk about being more physical than they are, that means blocking Aaron Donald. You have to do it. How you're going to do that, I don't know, but I would run at him. I'd throw as many double teams, as many deuce blocks as I possibly could at Aaron Donald. Wear him down. 22-23 double. The power without the pull. Whatever it may be, do whatever you can to try to wear down Aaron Donald. Because in a gross simplification of the truth, if the Arizona Cardinals can block Aaron Donald, I think they got a
0: chance to win the game. A much better chance of winning the game. Well, that was one excellent breakdown. And I'm going to tell you this. You got to either do that, do a 22 blood or just be the Buffalo Bills.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Buffalo Bills. That's they they true. were they were exactly what they needed
1: to be yeah. to beat yeah. the Rams. All right, all right, all right. Now, that was all nice. Can we eat a brownie? I mean, come on. Oh, can, we, can we eat a brownie? I've been waiting Wait. all day. Are they really
0: doggone <laughs> good?
1: They are good. Matter of fact, when you have the little squares, they're great, because I can slide them right through my tooth, and I don't even have to. I always used to look for stuff that you could have in your locker after a practice. You know, back in the day, because I'd get a five-pound bag of pistachio nuts, right? So you sit around, because you got to get your story straight with the boys, you know, before you go into the meeting room and you watch the film. You know, because then whatever got blown up in practice, you got to have your story right, you know, so you didn't take all the heat.
0: Hey, The Three Wolves, episode number two. Uh it will come out on Thursday to or tomorrow, uh, which is Wednesday today, so we're filming it. All right. And what are you doing? You get you got the brownie caught in your throat. <laughs> I got it in my mouth. And the best thing of all, brothers, uh, I really appreciate the both of you. The three wolves of football, the boys from OP, episode number two, the high five that did not arrive. <laughs> that stinks.